This, this, this is a presentation of the Avalon Sports Network. Welcome, 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 well, it's the big slow, welcome to a wonderfully fantastic night in professional wrestling history, welcome to an extremely important and fantastically, amazingly, wonderful podcast that is beyond the curtain. One of the most worst introductions I've given in a long time. Be worse to come, I have to assure you that. So, anyways, let's get to the brass tacks, shall we? I've got my main man joining me today, tonight, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever and whatever you're listening to this. Nonetheless, I've got my main man, Jimmy Jam James Beatley. Welcome to the show, sir. What is up? What a show. What a show. I hope everybody that uh, watched the first hour on USA was actually able to get on the WWE Network to watch the second hour. So, what he's referring to is what we are going to be talking about on this wonderful episode. We are recording this literally 19 minutes after what uh, the allotted time frame was supposed to be for NXT. We're talking about the very first live edition of NXT on USA slash WWE Network that just took place here on this Wednesday evening. Yeah, I uh, that first ever went off the air and directly went straight to the WWE Network. I probably should have, you know, maybe next week we'll, have, we'll do a little bit better where we'll have the network already up and running. So that way we don't have to worry about going on to it and missing a couple minutes. It seemed like everybody flipped over at the same exact time. And, uh, yeah, caused a little bit of a hectic uh, couple minutes there to just try to watch the last hour of NXT. So, uh, which is a good thing. It means that a lot of people watch and those that have the network went immediately to the network to try to watch and finish up the second hour, which is very good. Um, maybe that's what it felt like when 600,000 people switched over from Nitro to Raw. <laughs> <laughs> after Tony Schiavone said that Mankind would win the world title. Maybe that's what it felt like. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> well, I think there was actually something wrong with the network itself because I saw somebody on Twitter, and I know that she was about a good 30 minutes behind everybody else and that still had trouble getting her logged into the network. Um, so I think the... I don't think they expected the uh, overload on the servers um, that they had. Definitely, maybe not, maybe not. But um, the title of this episode, as you guys are seeing, and hopefully draw through you to actually coming to listening to this, is the war officially starts, kind of. Preliminary, <laughs> preliminary round number one. NXT is going to have not only this week, but they're going to have next week as well. Before right. we get to the main entree, October 2nd. And uh, guys, we're going to be doing a special 
uh, first edition episode of AEW on TNT preview podcast a couple days before it does debut October 2nd on TNT. So be uh, going to look out for that. And we're also going to do another one of these NXT recaps um, next week. Um, yes. So uh, something to kind of look forward to in the next few weeks. Definitely got a lot going on, a lot happening in the wrestling business. But let's get to tonight. NXT live on the USA Network, episode number one. Um, it, this show had a lot. It had a lot. Um, they, they basically threw everything in the kitchen sink at these at, at the fans to yeah. try and, and gravitate them towards watching NXT. Uh, before we kind of dissect a little bit about the show. Overall, I mean, what what did you think of it? Not only from the first hour in USA and the second hour in the network, just overall as a show, what did you think of it? I thought that it was, honestly, it was everything I kind of anticipated WWE trying to do to uh, what they needed to do to kind of get there their loyal fan base to stick and get the not-so-loyal, I'm-going-to-watch-whatever-is-the-best-show to maybe pique the interest. And the advantage might go to NXT. Um, who knows? The first hour from from the get-go, when they, they did everything right for the USA that hour. They put the big stars on TV, and that's what they needed to do. The second hour, that's where you actually kind of got to see um, some act- some wrestling. Obviously, this is only a two-week thing with them going one hour on USA, one hour on the network. That's due to, um, I think it's the show Suits, the final two episodes of the entire series there is going on, and so... October 2nd, funny as it may be, they actually get to go two hours live on USA. From a a total perspective, I think the show is fantastic. Um, We'll talk, I guess, individual matches and our thoughts later in the show. But as an overall, I thought they did everything they had to do on the, the premiere live episode and this is why I've been saying NXT should have been going live for I don't know how long I've been saying it now, but it's because it, NXT, all their live events, their pay-per-views and all, their takeovers and everything, to me, are always so much better than the main roster. And that's what it felt like with NXT. NXT, out of all three shows, I watched all three shows for the first time in a long time um, this week, and it felt so much better better than Raw and SmackDown this week, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I didn't even watch SmackDown, to be honest with you. So, um, and that was not for the whole Brock Lesnar thing. That's a different time for a different story. I did watch all of Raw, <laughs> but I, I did not watch really anything of SmackDown. Um, you didn't miss much either, so. Yeah, I only missed one big thing, and that one big thing did not surprise me. I expected it, but anyways. Um, you know, and, and first off, while we're uh, the AEW marks, I guess you want to call it, while we 
appreciate AEW and are in support of AEW. Um, kind of wanted to make it our brand, whatever. That doesn't mean we don't enjoy wrestling. Right. And just like you said, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, NXT tonight. I thought, like you said, I had a feeling WWE was going to be throwing all sorts of curves and swerves and fastball sliders, curveballs, whatever you want to call it. They're going to throw in everything at the fans to try to levitate them towards, hey, this is an alternative, you know, from not only Raw and SmackDown, this is an alternative to what you're going to be expected to see on Wednesday nights over on TNT. Um, man, this felt like a, it's also like an old 90s WWE Raw where right. every minute of the show was must-see almost. Um, right. Yeah, like I said, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Hour one to hour two began to end. A um, couple things that I didn't hate, didn't really like, um, but for majority part of it, it was it was right. very well done. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what happened on the show. Uh, show opened up with its mastermind, its father, Triple H. Almost felt like a takeover in a way because Triple H usually opens up takeovers or something like that. Um, you had to expect Triple H was going to be on the show either in the ring at some point, beginning of the show, at the end of the show. You had to know it was going to happen. Right. Opens up the show, has a little promo, and then they introduce us to the live credit at Full Sail, which is always off the charts. They're always great. And we immediately go into match number one, which is the Fatal 4-Way to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, we've got Candice LeRae, Io Shirai. We've got uh, Bianca Belair and Mia Yim battling out. Boy, this thing had a lot of action to it. Um, it, it seems like everybody's just about got their moves in, but man, it was a it was a fun match to open up the show. A good way to open up the show. Um, uh, especially for people on who have tuned in from Raw and SmackDown to watch this. You don't see this much on Raw or SmackDown, what happened tonight. So, uh, begin to end, a very good match. And definitely got me hooked already into the first 15 minutes of the show. Right. Um, and granted, I was... Uh... A little bit behind, so this wasn't the first match I saw of the night. Um, if it would have been, it would have hooked me in. So I think it was perfect. Candice LeRae picks up the victory in this contest. Um, like I said, very highly contested contest. It was very good. Um, LeRae pins Mia Yim, becomes number one contender. She goes up to the stage where she does meet Shayna Baszler, and they have a nice little face-off with the championship in the middle there, setting up a nice little promo video for their eventual championship match. I don't think they said when it's going to take place, if that's going to be at the next TakeOver on TV. I'm sure we all know that maybe NXT is going to be October 2nd episode, so maybe that's when it's going to happen. I don't know if they did announce it. I didn't catch it, but just from what I saw, uh, we didn't get an official match date. But um, good match open up, and Candice LeRae gets the win, so she'll be having her first title opportunity against Miss Shayna Baszler 
at a later to be determined date. Um, do you think that was the right call by them? Did you think uh, um, not what you expected? No, no, I actually um, didn't expect it at all, to be honest with you. Though, in my in the back of my mind, I was like, "Come on, push Candace." I've been a Candace LeRae fan for years now when she was doing work with Joey Ryan on the independent team. Um, and so when she signed with NXT, I, I, I've been pushing for her to get her, her break in the, in the, I guess the big leagues. And it seems like they're finally giving her her push. Um, I don't know. It, it seems really overdue. She's a really hard worker. Um, I honestly thought they were giving this to Bianca Belair. Um, but hey, I'm happy. I'm a big Candice LeRae fan, so I think it's good that they're giving some of their um not so utilized talent on the women's roster um a chance to make their mark, especially with them starting, I guess, what you can call a, a new era in NXT history. Um, Cameron Cameron Grimes. I never heard of either one of these two, Maluda or Cameron Grimes. Um, uh, I know he's from he's from Burlington, North Carolina. Um, yes, I uh, didn't think that was possible for somebody to come out of Burlington, North Carolina. So that was interesting. Um. But uh, very interesting second match choice. Um, I don't know if I would have had this go on second. Um, but uh, I know that NXT had like a breakout tournament before, and I think he finished second or something like that. Um, so an interesting little match there between Cameron Grimes and Sean Maluda. Um Maluda charged at Grimes and Grimes stomped on his chest. I think he about killed him and <laughs> got the one, two, three. So a very quick t- uh, 10 second match. Uh, interesting to get somebody absolutely very, very new into the scene on the first hour there. So uh, on a very quick exposure, but definitely something to kind of look at and go, oh, I wonder what that guy can do besides just stopping on somebody's chest. Right. Um, so I believe, if I can remember correctly, Cameron Grimes is the NXT name for 
I think he went by Trevor Lee and Impact, TNA Impact. Yeah, that's where I believe it came from. Um, and I don't know. I thought it was funny. Um, they built this Sean Maluda guy. He, oh, he has such a great um, background and what MMA or whatever they were saying on commentary. Ten seconds later, he lost the match. So I don't know. I just all the build up for his him, and then he gets squashed. So that was something that I thought was kind of funny, but I don't know. I guess it makes sense if they're pushing Cameron Grimes. It does make sense, or it's a typical Vince McMahon thing where you put up somebody and just have them get their asses kicked in ten seconds. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we'll talk about yeah. That. <laughs> Anyways, um, R.I.P. Cedric. So, <laughs> um, move on to match number three, which finished up the first hour of NXT on USA, the NXT North American Championship match between the Velvety Dream D R E A M against Roddy. Roddy Boy, Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era. Obviously, the best match to end on. Best match of the night, for sure. Um, you know, that definitely was the best way to go to get that uh, first hour, you know, to get that first episode off the air and to lead into the network hour. Um right. I think we all knew that this was not going to disappoint, and boy, oh boy, they delivered strongly. Oh, yes, they did. What? Uh, I know you're a big Roddy Strong fan, so I'm going to let you kind of seal on this one and, and give me your thoughts on this. So, I, I don't know. It, it, it was... The match was action-packed. There were, usually during some of the matches on Raw, SmackDown, whatever, I'm, I get accustomed to, like, out of out of my side vision watching the match and listening to commentary and then, like, reading Twitter or Facebook or whatnot on my phone while the match is going on. This match, phone down, I was watching it. Roddy Strong, I feel like, might be one of the most underutilized talents NXT, somebody who, at least in my opinion, and I'm, it may be a biased opinion because I am a big fan of Roderick Strong, um, somebody that should be already caught up to the main roster, which I guess now that NXT is on worldwide television, it kind of is its own brand, and he is on a main roster now. Um, but somebody pushing for, like, a big-time, like, title, a United States title, intercontinental title, or maybe even a, a WWE or a universal title. Um, and he should have been caught up. He's, he's good as a tag team. He's good as a singles competitor. And Velveteen Dream, while I'm not 100% sold on the character itself, the man behind the character, I think he's a good worker. I think he's a good wrestler. He should have won 
the final season of Tough Enough instead of that piece of shit that won and hasn't wrestled ever since. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I feel the chemistry between Roger Strong and Velveteen Dream is probably, in my opinion, the best chemistry I've seen in a while for any two wrestlers. Um, and they just get how to tell a story in the ring. Um, it went back and forth. There were times when I thought Velveteen Dream was going to pull it out and Roderick Strong would kick out. And, and then there were times when I thought Roddy Strong would was going to pull it out. And Velveteen had a, had a, had a God knows where gets his arm off the mat and kicks out. And then when Bobby Fish, O'Reilly, um, and Adam Cole come out, you're like, oh, this is going to just right now. And you kind of saw where it was leading. But even still in, they were still keeping fans. They didn't just get to the to the climax and have Roddy win. He had to literally fight for an additional couple minutes even with his guys outside the ring to pull out the victory. I don't it was it was very well told in ring work, in ring story. And it sets up either a Velveteen rematch or some sort of he's gonna maybe fight Adam Cole maybe because Adam Cole was kind of the reason why uh he lost the belt in the way. He set up for an Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream match for the NXT title. Maybe we'll see that. Who knows where this leads. And honestly, they can they can play that match every single week, and I wouldn't get tired of it. It was that good of a match. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, like I said, it's usually a match of the night. Um, it had everything you wanted and more. Um, you could tell the crowd was into it. And um, I've been listening a lot of now that I've got this, this new car and got the Sirius XM stuff. Uh, I listen to Busted Open Nation every morning, which is um, the only wrestling, daily wrestling show on satellite radio. Um, and the hosts on there, they've got uh, a couple different WWE Hall of Famers as hosts. Mark Henry's on there. Um, Tommy Dreamer, who's not a Hall of Famer, but Tommy Dreamer's in there. And then Bully Ray. Bubba Ray, Bully Ray, whatever you want to call him. He is also on there as well. And while I've never been a worker, I, I can't really look at a match as a worker because I've not worked. But um, right. sometimes Bully Ray will say, I look at, I, I watch this match in two different ways as a fan and as a worker. And as a fan, I'm watching at it from just a pure entertainment speculated of it. Sometimes as a worker, I'm listening to it out of the crowd. How is the crowd reacting? Can you yeah. be into a match just by listening to it? And if you just listened to this match, you would have definitely been into it. The crowd is just so on fire for it. The false finishes were very great. Uh, but nobody can be, nobody can tell me how false finishes don't make a match better, don't hype up the crowd, nothing like that. So false finishes happen anywhere now. So um, you just do it and love it. But um, yeah, having uh, the Undisputed Era come out and then Roddy hits his finisher, Velveteen kicks out. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way Velveteen's going to keep this title. Um, 
I thought for a second it was going to end up in a DQ, and I'm like, okay, they're just going to set up for maybe a future match down the road, maybe a takeover. Nope. Um, one of the members, uh, I think it was either O'Reilly or Fish, had the referee's back turn, so that helped Cole and um, get the upper advantage for, for, uh, for Roddy, and then Roddy hit the finisher again. Finally got that three count, but um, just an absolutely unbelievable match. This is the type of style you see on NXT, and it works. Yes. And I think that going into this show, also listening to that Busted Open show this morning, um, Dave LaGreca, who is the actual host, asked Bully the question and uh, answered to himself and said, should NXT change their style to either match the type of style that AEW is, or should they stick to their own? Both of them answer they should stick to their own. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're their own brand, their own identity. Keep that formula. Don't worry about the competition. Same for AEW. Work with what your style is. Don't worry about the competition. Don't follow their script. Just go with what you guys want to do. Um, and this is typical. This is pure NXT. I this fast right here from both the Fatal 4-Way match as well as this title match. Um, just very good stuff here. Roddy gets the win, becomes the new NXT North American champion. And finally, Adam Cole's prophecy has been fulfilled. The Undisputed Era is draped in gold. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are the NXT Tag Team Champions. Roddy Strong is the new NXT North American Champion. And Adam Cole, baby, is the NXT Champion. So besides the Women's Champion, which the Undisputed Era doesn't have a woman figure in the stable, the Undisputed Era basically runs NXT at the moment. And that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. Um, no, it's not. Unless you have any final comments on that, that ends our number one on the USA Network. Last thing I want to ask, and I, you listened to this and you brought up the show. Did Mark Henry, I read somewhere he said, I think it was Mark Henry, said NXT was going to get a 4.0 rating on the intro episode. Was that is that correct? Um, I don't listen to it every single morning. Um, so if he said it either on a Thursday or Friday, I don't know. Um, and it could have been either him or Dreamer that would have said it. Um, don't think Bully Ray would have said that. I'm not sure if the host of the cricket did it, but it's either Henry or Tommy Dreamer, I do believe. I think it was Henry, and he said they were going to get a four. So my question, and the loser that does podcasts with us some other times. His big thing was, there's only 3 million people that ever watch wrestling in, in today's world. So, he would obviously disagree with Mark Henry. You think they could have got a four? Obviously, I don't know the rating system and how that works, but... Well, first of all, the rating system is very flawed and stupid. Um, yeah. not, to, not to say that you don't, you don't listen to it, but if you've ever listened to Eric Bischoff, he'll tell you that. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole television system itself is just a very wacky, stupid system. But the ratings do matter in some aspects. Um, I even made a prediction a couple months ago when we were previewing uh, if it was Fight for the Fallen or 
something before All Out, and it wasn't the preview, I don't believe, but um, I do remember that us three, including that same uh, Mark you're talking about that runs a different podcast <laughs> on this station, yeah, on Sports Network. Uh, we did a podcast, all three of us together, and I actually said that I brought up the fact that I was listening to one of the era 83 Weeks podcasts. I don't remember which one it was, what episode. But Bischoff had pointed out that when Thunder debuted in January of 98, it did a 4.1 rating, and that was supposedly the highest rated debut episode of a television series in cable history. How true is that? I don't really remember. I didn't really look at the research, so yeah, flaw that on me. But 4.1 for a cable, for a debut show, for a major network cable show, sounds very good. Sounds amazing, especially for a wrestling show. And that was in the midst of the Money Night Wars, so of course, people wanted to watch it. I said in that podcast, AEW was going to do a better than a 4.1 rating and beat out that 4.1. It's a very tall task. And if that happens, great. Doubt that it happens, but hey, crazier things have happened. Um, You know, I I could see it happening for NXT tonight. I really could. Um, I can also see it happening for AEW. Um, Not to say that Mm -hmm. this is strictly all wrestling fans who watch this. You never know if people were channel surfing. You don't know if people saw any of the commercials on USA. Or even right. whatever, and said, "What is this NXT stuff that says no BS? Well, what does this mean? What is that? Is that supposedly something from the past? What is what's going on here?" There could have been definitely people that had gauge interest and wanted to watch the show. Um, right. I don't think it would do a four point but I, I definitely think it did a very strong rating. And I'll even go out to say that I think if they did anything under two point seven, it would be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same for AEW. If they did anything under a 2.6, 2.7, I think that they'll be very disappointed. Um, right. But I think – I'm sure it did very strong. I don't know if the, if the cable – if the ratings will come out tomorrow or Friday for that. Um, but, of course, as soon as we all – as soon as it's even posted, we all know all sorts of people are going to be posting about it. So, hopefully we'll right. we'll see that shortly. Well, well, so, we're not going to be following other people's – <laughs> stories or whatever right um and the last thing i want to bring up, bring up you brought up commercials and uh in our group chat we brought it up yesterday but i want to bring it up for the viewers it happened last night on smackdown and it happened again tonight for nxt an aew commercial shows up during WWE television. Now, that same stupid Mark thought it was wrong for WWE to allow the company of AEW to to broadcast their commercial on USA during SmackDown and uses it as justification for as why, as his Lord and Savior Vince Russo says, AEW and WWE are working together. We disagree with him, and I will let you explain why. 
so I mean, eventually we're gonna get that Russo podcast, and in, even the past couple of days, <laughs> it, it, the things on social media with some of the wrestling groups we're in has only fueled it more that I just want to burn him down so bad. Um, <laughs> guys, I, I, you know what? I'm so serious. I, I feel like this is like. I don't know. I, I am so wanting this podcast that I may actually set up a GoFundMe page just to so we can donate money <laughs> just so we'll do the damn podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it it seems like there's a lot of fuel in the fire about this podcast. It needs to we need to get it we need to get him to to agree to do it. I don't know. We may have to to put something in his drink and <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna continue to throw out the challenge every time he does a podcast that I'm on it. I'm gonna continue to chain lay out the challenge, and if he keeps saying no, he keeps saying no. By November first, we're going to have a, a Patreon, not a Patreon, <laughs> a GoFundMe page, and we're gonna set that up for Randall to accept the challenge. And it's gonna happen, guys. It's gonna happen. Um, but anyways, so. TNA did the same thing back in 2009, 2010, whatever it was. TNA was when, actually, for some people who don't know, TNA went head-to-head against WWE on Monday nights. I know that sounds crazy, and it definitely was crazy. But it was crazy. TNA Impact went up against Monday Night Raw. It didn't do three hours. I think they only did two hours from 8 to 10, while overall went from 9 to 11. Um, before they did a three-hour stuff, right? Um, Impact Spike, whoever was the parent, whatever, bought ad space for USA Network during Monday night and put TNA Impact ads on what it was it USA Network? Yep, it's no different. It, it's going to happen. Event, you know, some it shit happens. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a WWE commercial for SmackDown, for Raw, for NXT, for a pay per view to air on TNT. It's just just little games that's played. That's all it is. I haven't researched right. it, but I can guarantee you that there's probably, or there was probably, Nitro or Thunder advertisements on USA or Raw or SmackDown advertisements on TBS or TNT. Yep, I'm sure there was, and it's just it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Um, it's just simple mind games. They're not working together. And if five years from now they close the doors and say this was all planned all along, I'll come out and say I was the most wrong and mother effer in the world. And I'll do whatever he wants me to do. But right. I, I seriously doubt it's happening. All it was was a network buying some ad space and promoting their product. Yeah, exactly. just so it happened to be on the same time slide. I'm sure they planned that. That Monday Night Raw was on or SmackDown was on. It's all mind games. That's all it is. And why? Why not poke the bear? Continue to poke that bear until you get knocked on your ass. That's how I would look at it. Well, they got to lose. They got enough money. Exactly. Right. Well, see, here's the thing that these these people don't even really understand is Vince McMahon has no say on what ads show on during his time slot. So AEW, if they wanted to, could have bought the to be the first ad that showed every single time they went to commercial break. Because USA 
dictates to the WWE, your show is this uh, this long, you have to go to commercial this time, from this time to this time, they don't have a say. That's part of the WWE's uh, contract with USA is, and you, it's with any show is you have to build your show to be able to go to commercial at certain slots. And that USA is the one doing the business with who's, who's filling the slots. WWE cannot say we don't want such and such advertisement running during our slot. Now, obviously, uh, WWE partnered ads like the Skittles commercial with the New Day. Yeah, that'll show during the WWE slot because it's a sponsored thing for WWE. So WWE probably pays USA to fill that spot to show their sponsorship with Skittles. It's probably a, 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 a work a worked out agreement between the network Skittles and WWE. But USA can say, you know what, we'll show all of your opponents commercials back to back to back. And there's been several times when local independent show PWX has had a commercial pop up during a SmackDown or a Raw. It's how you get your name out there is, oh, there's going to be wrestling fans watching wrestling how about we put an advertisement out for more wrestling, just a different brand? That's how you, that, it's smart business. For AEW, it's smart business. And it's great that the, the first face that popped up on the AEW ad was Chris Jericho because knowing you're watching WWE, everybody is going to know who Chris Jericho is. If you're watching WWE and that's how you hook people in because it hooked me in because I was like, what the fuck is Chris Jericho doing on a, on a commercial for WWE? And then I realized, Oh wait, Hey, it's AEW. So great at It's great work. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion. And the advertisement itself is, has got me hooked. Not that I wasn't already, but I mean, you look at some of the highlights and I'm like, you look at it and you're like, Holy shit. Like, what is this? Yeah, it's wrestling, but damn, some of those moves look like it really hurts. Some of those moves look really insane. Who are these guys? Obviously, we know who Jericho is. Who's the rest of these guys? We need to find out. So, yeah, good on them. It's easy, you know, simple mind games. But, I mean, hey, if you're buying the ad space, you're buying the ad space. You're the company that, like, WWE has no control over that. And I guarantee we see a WWE commercial on TNT. And Oh, definitely. So what? We probably will see an, an AEW or excuse me, a SmackDown advertisement on TNT for their Fox debut two nights later on the debut episode yeah. of AEW. You know, hey, it's what it is. It's mind games, and that's the way it's played. And it sets up a well, nice, it, fun aver- uh, environment, in my opinion. It does. And you see it You see it everywhere. And we'll move on to hour two because we really don't want to make this podcast as long as some of our other podcasts. But last thing I want to say about this is you see primetime shows from competing markets all the time, CBS to NBC, NBC to Fox, Fox News and CNN. You know, they're always putting their own ads on their, on the opposing, if you want to say that, uh, company's um, channel. It, it's just, it's not necessarily 
for the competition's sake. It's just what good is it to simply advertise to the people that already watch your network? So if Fox News only showed Fox News commercials on Fox News Channel, it would make absolutely no sense because you're not going to gain any more viewers. So you're going to have to spread out to CNN and MSNBC. If people who watch CBS or the CW or NBC primetime shows, if that's all, if they're getting advertisements from just the individual market, the individual network, they're probably already watching most of those shows. So they're going to have to branch out. It's basic marketing. You should have learned it in high school if you took any sort of marketing course. It's just, it's basic stuff. Like, it doesn't mean they're working together. It's just, that's how business works. You can't just advertise to AEW fans. And, like, for him to even think that, um, I don't know, it kind of contradicts with his argument, Randall, the idiot who hosts the podcast with us. Um, for him to be like, well, you got to reach the casual fans, and yet it's wrong for you to, to market on another opposing team uh, network's uh, show. Like, how are you going to reach the casual fans if you're not marketing to the casual fans? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... There's a lot I want to say about that that I'm not going to say yet. <laughs> ridiculous. I'm going to save it. I'm saving it. I'm saving it for a special special episode. I really am. I'm trying to hold back as much as I can. Yes. I'm just waiting for the call or the text that says, get ready to moderate this son of a bitch because I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see somebody lay the smack down. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. You know, it. a lot can be said about that for sure. And I want to get into some other things for sure. But we got to get to hour number two of NXT. However, we do got to have a little bit of a timeout so we can collect our breath. So that way we can make sure we got everything settled and ready to go and lined up for hour number two. So we can talk about that, dissect that as well as give our thoughts about the whole show and preview for what may be coming up the next couple weeks of the show. But we have to get in a nice quick sponsor. And you already know what the sponsor is about, guys. If you've listened to my podcast or anybody else's podcast on the OSN channel. (laughs) You know what's coming. You know what's coming. It has to do with Anchor. So, guys, I want you to stay tuned. I want you to listen to this advertisement, and we will get back to our number two of NXT. that have it on the network in just a moment. Stay where you are at. Be back in a minute or so. God, I love Anchor. I love it. Oh yes, Anchor is fantastic, guys. If you uh, if you don't have it, I don't know why the hell you haven't downloaded it yet. After that, fantastic fucking advertisement right there. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I truly appreciate that. Anyways, on to our numero dos for NXT's live episode tonight that just uh, got finished here a short little while ago. Hour number two begins on the network for some of us who didn't have too much of technical difficulty. Um, got to see one of my favorites, um, not only in NXT or NXT UK, but in the entire 
world of wrestling. This is one of my favorite wrestlers out there. Pete Dunne got a chance to be on camera tonight as he faced Mr. Arturo Ruas. Very quick match. Pete Dunne broke the man's fingers and they made him tap. Pretty simple, you know. Simple, but yet I still think it got the job done on what it was supposed to be. I think Pete Dunne, he did what he had to do to, sh- to get his his name out there. Arturo Ruas, um, never heard of the guy before. Apparently, he's something special. I, I He got himself noticed. Um, and that's the thing I think NXT is trying to do, not only when they're on USA, but also for the next couple of weeks while they're on the network, is let's bring some of these up-and-coming talent, the performance center people, um, and let's, let's have them show what they can do as well. Let's, let's build on and then bring in the new era of NXT and Pete Dunne got the win, but it, it was it wasn't a flashy match. It wasn't something that you would remember for the rest of your life. But it got the job done for what it needed to do. Yeah, and that's that's essentially what the whole point is: is that it got the point across, and it got um, more familiar people, more people familiar with Pete Dunne, who I think is one of the best, uh, not only technicians but just best pure wrestlers out there. Um, Going to match number two of hour number two. It's Sheely versus Aaliyah with Vanessa Bourne. Sheely versus Aaliyah with Vanessa Bourne. Aaliyah, who um, I do, I think she was on that Breaking Ground uh, series on the network. Um, just had a, she was almost like the female version of uh, Velveteen Dream. Had a lot of different channels and aspects and characters and nothing was working and she finally settled on this character who is doing okay definitely doing better than i think what she's had previously so she's being on tv she's being on camera so um she got to be a part of the live edition of nxt tonight so good for her however she lee got the win here uh almost just as easy of work as well not too terribly long of a match here just uh some a little bit back and forth before she Lee kind of took over and got the pin there. Right. And I do think, um, I do believe their pronunciation was Zia Lee, if I'm correct. Um, I may have misheard it. It may be she Lee. Um, but I think they pronounce uh, it's Zia Lee. Um, but regardless of pronunciation, I don't know how to say half the Chinese names in the world. So, pronunciation's not my strong suit um decent match i like Aaliyah. um she has had several characters that have not really gotten over on nxt uh, to me she's like the female version of adam rose um so uh hopefully this character will stick and uh she looked good in a losing effort, and again, it got the job done for what needed to happen for this episode of NXT. 
Absolutely. Uh, as you were saying that, I got an email from the WWE Network that was making sure that it let us know that they apologize for the inconvenience of the interruptions or technical difficulties you may have had during the network portion of NXT. So uh, there's your uh, there's your apology. Uh, biggest night of NXT's existence and a little bit of technical difficulties. It was definitely not a perfect and polished product, but... Uh, but could it really be expected to be perfect and flawless on its first live show? No. And that's why I, I don't I'm not gonna bash that. I know a lot of people are gonna say, Oh, this is a WWE product. How is it how did it have all these, these technical difficulties? What happened here? Uh did the fiend take over NXT? Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I'm not gonna fault somebody on that. There's a lot going on, especially for for, for it to be the first live show. You're used to taping and you go directly into live. It's different. It's a different atmosphere. Um, just with AEW, they're probably going to have some small slip-ups and bumps in the road. So, you know, I'm not going to bash NXT for that or the production team of WWE. I'm not going to bash the production team of AEW. It is what it is. Nobody's perfect. And But, uh, you know, it, those things can be fixed absolutely as, the, as they go on. And, and it probably won't happen as much because after week number two, you know, in two weeks, it's going to go to USA full-time, two hours. It's not going to go to the network for an hour. So I think those right. problems will not will not be there for sure. Um, right. But it is what it is. Um, so then we go to the next segment where Denzel Dejanet is in the ring, and I believe he's supposed to have a match here with Kushida. Kushida, right. Well, that does not happen. What happens no, is in Imperium, as Walter says, Imperium. The crowd, where Aikner, Wolf, and Barthel beat up Dejanet, and then they stand at attention as they await their master, who appeared at the top of the ramp, the reigning defending NXT United Kingdom champion, Walter, the final member of Imperium, and the leader, walked down to the ring. Walter gets on the mic, says they're here to restore the honor tradition of the sport, and guess who interrupts? Our, Nakamura. Oh well, close. He's from that <laughs> world. He's from that world, and he's from the same descent. Our old friend from New Japan Pro Wrestling, not Shinsuke Nakamura or AJ Styles or the club, but Kushida. Kushida interrupts and takes out all of Imperium except for Walter. Walter grabs Kushida, but Kushida kicks Walter in the head, and Kushida escapes with the rest of Imperium in the ring. And then Kushida calls out Walter. Now, before you get into maybe your opinion on this or how you thought the segment went down, I'm going to go on the record and say, like I said, there's not everything I loved about this show, but I did like the show overall in general. This is one that I don't like. Ooh. If we're bringing over some of the stars from NXT UK, I know that Pete Dunn is actually going to be in NXT for a little bit. Right. That's fine. Why are we bringing all of these guys from NXT UK to conf- that to NXT? It's going to confuse the audience. You're, and I understand this as the network. And I understand that people who are watching NXT on the network already have the network, so they're already kind of established and familiar with these guys. Not a problem. However, you're going to show this probably next week on USA, or you're going to go back to this in a couple weeks on NXT on USA. 
Right. And people are going to go, who the fuck is Walter? Who the fuck is Imperium? Who the hell are they? Now, they may say they're interesting looking and they may want to know more about them. But who the fuck right. are they? And yeah, they're going to say, well, you should have gotten the network because you would have seen this. But instead, it would have still been like, okay, so so there's a women's championship. There's a North American championship. There's a women's championship. And some dude that has Bebe is the NXT champion. Right. It's a United Kingdom champion. Who's this guy? What, what is he doing here? And they're not going to know that there's a whole other brand of NXT called the NXT. Right. So I think well, they, they, they put a too much, but way too much people to expose that brand. I think they should right. have done that because it's just going to confuse the people, in my opinion. Well, and I can attest to that because I haven't watched NXT UK in God fucking knows how long, probably since NXT UK first debuted on the network. Um, and I haven't even watched, um, NXT UK takeover Cardiff or whatever the last takeover was. So when the crowd was chanting, we want Walter, I was confused as fuck. Like, why the hell do you want Walter? Like, what does Walter have to do with this? I had no idea that he was the leader of this group. So, um, it was a bit confusing, but I kind of fit pieces together. I knew who the individual talent is. I had no idea they were a group together on NXT UK until it was said on commentary that they were on NXT UK. And that's for wrestling fans. It's, it's not hard to put two and two together, especially if you haven't seen something in a while, you kind of get the gist of it after the guy comes out, you kind of, and you see where the direction's going, you see what's going on. Right. However, for the casual fans, <laughs> I have no idea who the fuck these people are. And while I'm holding for topic for a different day about the casuals, there's a certain right. somebody that should uh, that should recognize this if he's going to recap this show or anything like that. The casuals have no idea who the fuck these people are. So you got to expose them. Right. Understandable, but I feel like you're putting a way too much. You're th- you're overthinking it because you're putting too much talent, especially mm-hmm. from a different brand, to go. Okay, right. I'm watching NXT. Cool. Right. Wait, there's a thing called NXT UK. What? What is right. that? Who is he? Well, right. So, so I I like to think back to it was years ago when I was um, introducing our good friend Ben Bolt NXT and getting him into wrestling, and how confusing it would have been if I showed him NXT. And they're showing NXT UK characters on NXT and then having to show him what NXT UK was and how confusing that would have been for somebody who is barely understanding of what the storylines are going in to the show they're actually watching. So if there's like, oh, yeah, there's an it'd be like showing somebody that has never watched a Marvel movie in their entire life. The the last Avengers movie and then having to explain to them the entire backstory of the Marvel universe at one setting. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think he's just oversaturated a lot of it because there's just going to be fans that are going, okay, now I'm getting confused. I don't know who all these guys are. I thought this was just NXT. Why they bring another whole separate thing into it. So I just didn't like that. I thought it was a cool segment and set up something down the road. Looking at a back step, you're thinking, okay, for the people who are watching this that may have never watched this, 
you just can use the fuck out of them. But hey, we shall see what happens in the next coming weeks, especially when they go straight to USA and how they're going to implement this all into their storylines. Um, however, we go to the next segment, which is the cruiserweight number one contender match between Oni Lorkin and our old pal friend Leo. I say Bobby Lashley way too damn much to become annoying. <laughs> Rush. The man of the hour. Man of the hour, the man of the power. Leo Rush. Now, I understand you're trying to be a heel and what he did with Lashley. Right. There's sometimes called I, I call them the right heel and the and the wrong type of heel. The wrong type of heel to me is what you don't want to see because he's just annoying, makes you want to turn off the channel. I don't care if he wants to get his ass if if I can, if, if he gets his ass hit or not because it's kind of annoying. The good right. type of heat is when you when somebody pisses you off so much like an MJF and you're like I want this bitch to get his ass kicked so badly and hurt so bad. Right. Two different types of heat, right. sir. Um, right. However, I thought this was a very good match, and Leo just stuck to his what got him into the WWE in the first place and got him noticed. His athleticism, right. his high flying techniques. This guy reinvented himself and f- proved to me again that's Leo Rush we've been needing. Is this guy that isn't yeah. this annoying mouthpiece who is one of the best guys in that ring? Is so athletically gifted and talented, mm-hmm. and he definitely put on a show tonight. Um, let's see you about this match. I enjoyed the match from a from a wrestling perspective, from a storyline perspective, though I'll get to that in a second. But um, it was great seeing Leo Rush doing what Leo Rush can do. Um, because anybody that knew Leo Rush when he was fighting independent scene in Maryland, that's exactly what he was doing. He wasn't a talker. He wasn't a trash talker. He just kicked the hell out of you and – you know, he was his athleticism was shown, and that's what we got tonight. The Leo Rush everybody wanted, not the annoying um, valet for a big, strong dude, but the athletic cruiserweight that is Leo Rush. Now, storyline with him just like stepping in t- back into the ring, I'm not a big fan of him being the number one contender. For the cruiserweight title. Um, now I know that they the build for this will probably be fantastic, and and eventually he'll get to fight Gulak for um, for that title. It's just weird though, where like the last time we've seen Leo Rush, he was a heel and he's trash talking everybody, and now he's coming back and he's an, a ba- a babyface and. We really get no backstory on why he's a babyface now. That's the only thing from a storyline perspective that's a little bit, um, I would say, rushed to get him a push. Um, but I know they'll build the storyline good, so I'm excited to see where it leads. I, I think that yeah, a little confusing of how he was with Lashley, went away, and now he's all of a sudden babyface, but that in-ring ability itself kind of made me forget about that, just of how uh, 
amazingly talented this guy is, and it's good to see him beat Lorkin and become the new number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship against Drew Gulak, where I have heard that they are doing away with 205 Live and just kind of strictly putting the Cruiserweights on NXT. I think that's the call. And if that is the case, that's one of the best decisions they could have made because nobody's going to care about the Cruiserweights on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, NXT is a perfect perfect fit for it because you've already got people like that that are already in there that the fans love, the diehards love it. So it's going to have more respect and more prestige on NXT. So good decision whoever made that. And I'm going to look forward to whatever happens with that Cruiserweight Championship down the road, especially with the title match between Gulak and Leo Rush. Well, I'm excited if 205 Live has gone away and it's on NXT full-time because it gives a dedicated segment to Cruiserweight Wrestling and as the stupid Mark that also runs a podcast on the network that we, we podcast on, he hates flippy wrestlers. This is flippy wrestling, and it's great, and everybody loves it, and it gives it its spot on the show where it may not have fit on a, a Raw or SmackDown, and there may not be the want on a Raw or SmackDown. On NXT, we expect high-flying action, and that's what we get with the Cruiserweights, and it's a good spot on NXT. Exactly. Exactly, and I'm glad you see it that way. So that way we agree on that, and it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens here. <laughs> Down the road for that, for sure. It's going to get its much deserved respect and spotlight like it should. And then we get to our main event of the evening, the street fight that we've been waiting so long for. Killian Dane versus bro, Matt Riddle. Boy, oh boy. Wow, wow. Wow. Yowie, wowie. Yowie, wowie, bowie, wowie is right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, <laughs> whew, I don't know where to start on that one. Um, what, what a hyped match. And it kind of left me wondering what the hell happened. Like, why did they take that direction? Yeah. But, yeah, I, it's a, it's a street fight. No disqualification. Whatever. Right. WWE now, now and I I feel like the whole show had much of Triple H's fingers on it. I felt like mm-hmm. this finish had a Vince McMahon feel to it. I don't understand. I feel like WWE comes up with the weirdest ways to try to get out of a match and making both guys look right. strong without a clean finish. Right. Which okay. is kind of what which is kind of what they did also, uh, if I can interrupt. That they did at Clash of Champions with Becky and Sasha. That was exactly. the real ending of that finish too. So exactly. I can see what I can see what you're saying about having a, a touch of Vince McMahon. In it. I understand that maybe these are your two bigger guys. You want to keep them strong. I understand that. Let them beat the shit of each other. And this is a street fight. I don't know if there's any countouts. I'm guessing not because it's a street fight. If they just don't get up, let the match end. Right. You know. Not what they did, which is they immediately went out to the outside and started beat the shit of each other. Awesome. One side, the little small crowd that they had. Not like it's a small bit. It's a small venue, so it's not a whole lot of room for from the backstage yeah. to the ring. Not trying to 
put a knock on Full Sail Arena or anything like that. Um, and then they get to the backstage area where there's a loading dock, loading deck. They got the garage door open, but they went out to the door to the left. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Um, Dane throws up Riddle against the, the production truck. Okay. I think it was the whole Imperium were outside playing poker. <laughs> Which is weird. Uh, okay, yeah. Three of the four people get up, and I think they hit the table. They didn't knock anything down, I don't believe, but I think maybe some of the pieces or something like that fell off. Walter attacks at Riddle, and then from there, it was as if we just went back to 1997 with the WCW against the NWO. Yep. Except, I don't know why the hell it happened. It's understandable why we went from for from for a brawl between the WCW and the NWO yep. to an organization that hate each other for for supremacy for supremacy. Why did we have the feel the need to have the whole fucking roster come out in a brawl backstage, front stage, in the ring, outside the ring? What a clusterfuck to end the show. Um, yeah. We we get this whole brawl. There's no finish to the match. It just stops. There, there's no ring of the bell. There's nothing. It's just stopped. Um, right. And then, and I think I think this is from a network perspective. I think they do this. I don't think it's solely. I don't know, but you notice it. NXT went off like six or seven minutes before 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock. And I don't know if that's something they always do. I know for WWE for pay-per-views, they go off a lot earlier than what they used to at like 1030 or something like that on the network. But um, yeah, this was just a weird ending to an overall strong show. This just didn't make sense to me. What say you? Yeah, it it, it left me kind of... I was into the 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 match, and it was cool that they were they were you know they were using the entire arena as per street fight rules, and then it just kind of t- it it felt like it was like I don't know if it was like a last minute change in plans. It just seemed a little chaotic, and I don't know it it didn't. The feel of the last couple minutes of that match, just it was weird. And then, you know, Morrow and um, commentary team, they were like, "Let him fight, let him fight." And it was like, "It's a street fight. Why are you stopping the match?" Like it makes it made absolutely no sense. That finish, it felt, and I hate to do this. Oh no, actually, I find joy in saying this. It felt like a Vince Russo ending to the match. It made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, and, and in a way, it, it, it diluted a pretty good, a pretty good match because Killian Dane and Riddle were killing the hell out of each other. And it kind of, it kind of ruined everything that we had uh, built up to see. So. I really have nothing else to say about it. It was just a weird ending. I, yeah, I didn't really I, like it. I, I, that's just, I mean, <laughs> it's one thing if we had a finish to the match and we ended it outside the ring again. Um, 
you know, I, I understand that I understand a couple guys getting involved because something happened. He pushed Walter. Walter attacked Riddle. Kushida attacked Walter. That all makes a little bit of sense if you have the right guys in there. But the fact you had the whole damn locker room come out, there wasn't a whole lot of sense to it. It's just a very, very, very crash TV type of finish. Mm-hmm. I was just like, why? Why is everybody out here? Like. All of a sudden, now everybody has beef with everybody. We're playing poker outside, and all of a sudden, people have beef with each other. Um, right. Yeah, it's a very weird ending. Like I said, it's a strong show. It's a good show. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that this ending ruined the show or it made the show horrible or sucked, but just a very questionable finish to an overall good show. Right. Um, it, it felt like it didn't, it didn't improve, and it didn't worsen where the story was before the match even started. I just kind of felt like the story stayed the same. Like, nobody has an upper hand if they were to fight next week. Yeah. So now it, th- it makes you think, okay, are they going to fight next week? They're going to have to do something to finish the feud. Is it going to be a steel case match? Is it going to be a last man standing? What? False can anywhere? It's got to have some sort of end to it. So that should be interesting how it goes from here. But I don't think we needed that kind of finish to the show, for sure. And, and like you said, if if they would have had the brawl, like I'm cool with the brawl, if we end up with somehow either Riddle or Killian Dane knocked out, and they get a th- uh, the other guy gets a three count pin to end the show, like that would be great. But for the match to just kind of literally as they were cutting TV off, they are still beating the hell out of each other. It felt very uh, I don't know I don't know the correct word but it left me like are they really going to cut it like this like is this six minutes early like I don't make no sense yeah um no I I agree with everything like that it's just uh we'll see what happens here so push my mic we'll see what happens next week uh to see what they follow up with this um if I'm AEW I'm not scared. I'm not intimidated. You already know NXT is NXT. They're going to put on this kind of show probably week in and week out. Like I said, don't worry about your competition because this isn't like football or baseball where you're playing up to your competition or thing like that. Focus on what you're doing at hand. Focus on your creative lines, your storylines, your creative team, your matches, your superstars, your TV deals, your fans. Don't focus on, holy hell, how are we going to outdo that? You know, now I do hope that the NXT guys kind of looked at the AW guys and kind of like spit at him and go, all right, I'll follow that. And of course, we had to wait two weeks for that. But, um, right. you know, I think it's going to set up a very good, very good um, run as we get to October 2nd. And as this war kind of unfolds, um, kind of what happens there. And each and every week where we uh, recap, you know, AEW and NXT, you know, we'll give our fair assessment of which we think won the week, you know? Um, I think that'd be really cool to do is, is recap both shows a little bit, kind of do a quick rundown maybe, and then just uh, give our overall take on both shows and see who we thought we won. Um, I will say though, that AEW needs to figure out their commentary trio or duo and do a quick because I don't think there's a better trio 
than what's out there right now. Now, Beth Phoenix is still a work in progress. I don't hate her on commentary. She's definitely getting a lot better than where she was, especially from the May Young Classic or whatever, the Mixed Max Challenge, whatever she originally did, and it was obviously not very good because it was her first time. Mm-hmm. She's a lot better. But that yeah. duo of Nigel McGuinness and Mora Ronaldo is – I could listen to them all day. Mora like was too. such an amazing commentator, play-by-play guy, and Nigel's a great color that adds on to him. Both their knowledge with everything is just fantastic. And Beth's knowledge and her input into it as well is definitely a lot more keen and better. Uh, it's more smoother. More smooth, I should say. But um, I don't care if it's Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Tony Giovanni. Yeah. I don't care if it's Excalibur, Golden Boy, and Tony Giovanni. They need to step up their game because that's going to be – Commentary alone is just like, boy, that's going to be a whole different ball game because Moro just generally gets me excited and ramped up and ready for this. Not to say that nobody from AEW does that, but it just seems their their tones are a little bit softer. Excalibur is definitely a great one. Jim Ross, when he's on his point, can be very great. I haven't heard Tony Schiavone do a call match since 2002, <laughs> so I have no idea how his delivery and his in you know in um his passion and his voices all these years later. So that'll be interesting to see. But um yeah, definitely a great show overall though, man. It, it's definitely gonna be a fun, fun few months as we lead up to October second. Or not only October second, but the end of the year and see how these two organizations compete against each other. Oh yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see once we get AEW and NXT competing week in and week out. Um, I'm not necessarily looking at it from a ratings perspective because ratings, I don't think, tell the whole story because you can have the best show of the week and do a subpar rating. It just, it just depends. Ratings, in my opinion, they mean a lot, but they're not everything, um, in my opinion. But, like you said about commentary, um, yeah, AEW might lose the commentary game if they don't figure out a, a team to put to match up against um, Morrow, Nigel, and Beth Phoenix. And that call in the, the fatal four-way for the women's match when uh, Morrow said, Mama Mia Yim, like, come on now, nobody can do that. Like, that's the way that he does it, and that's his punchline, and he improvised on that. It's great. I love Morrow. He's probably the best commentator that uh, WWE has, and uh, it's great to see that he's being utilized in a, on national TV again, and he, he works great with Nigel. Nigel is probably, outside of Corey Graves, the best color guy that they have. And then, like you said, Beth Phoenix getting better um, when she did I think it was the May Young Classic with Jim Ross that was god awful commentary um, yeah <laughs> but uh, she's getting better and it didn't I didn't hate her commentary her co- her commentary tonight um, but it wasn't like the greatest thing in the world but she's getting better at what she's doing absolutely and um, yeah you know I'm not going to worry about every single week NXT beat AEW. AEW beat NXT. 
well, that may be a little bit of a, of a topic saying, oh, by the way, here's what the ratings are for those of you that care about it. But I'm not going to put too much, so much stock into um, every single week. Oh, oh, here we go. Here's the ratings. You know, right. uh, yes, yeah, so if there's like a trend happening where it's either going up or going down kind of drastically or kind of in a trend, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, overall, definitely a great debut episode of NXT, not only on USA, but uh, live edition on the network as well. Um, it's going to be interesting the next couple of months, man. Um, any kind of recap before we kind of move on to the last little bit of the show here? Um, I think one thing we did fail to mention next week on NXT and the return of Dakota Kai, I think she will be a great addition to NXT's women's roster. And not that she is debuting, but she's back from her injury. And uh, excited to see what they do for Dakota Kai. Thank you for that. I did forget to mention that. So I appreciate you kind of looking forward to that and keeping me on my toes and uh, kind of setting a prelude for what's going to happen next week. Dakota Kai does return from her injury. Interesting to see kind of where she all fits into this whole scheme in the women's division. Um, obviously, we have our number one contender with Candice LeRae, but what is where does Dakota Kai fit in? Is she going to feud with another girl on the roster or just kind of have a match and just kind of slowly integrate her back, herself back into the division? We shall see. What will the Undisputed Era have in store for us as their destiny and prophecy have been completed as they are the champions of NXT as they run the show, essentially? Um, the fallout of Killian Dane, Matt Riddle, whole bunch of stuff that happened on tonight's show that uh, hopefully we will get to have dissected a little bit more for us next week on NXT. Uh, it'll be the last week where NXT will be live for one hour on USA and then the second hour follow-up on the network. For those of you that had those problems tonight, I would probably suggest firing up the network at least 10 minutes, 15 minutes earlier. Just play whatever's live, have that in the background, so that way you can have NXT still going on in USA. So whenever you're ready to make the switch, you can do so, and it's a simple transition and not waiting a couple minutes or 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 minutes for that. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, a couple things that I think we're going to be doing here, obviously, on the podcast. We may, we may do a little split up between James's podcast and myself. Either way. Next week, we're going to do a recap of NXT. And as well as, I'm not sure if it'll be next week or if we'll do it early next or the week after before AEW. Going to give a preview of the very first AEW on TNT show, which we uh, may, may have a name of it. It's called Dynamite, we think. We're not 110% sure yet because there's been no official release of it, but they did file a trademark that did say Dynamite. So. Yes. So, see about that. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a recap of NXT next week and then go into a preview of AEW for their first show um, October 2nd, sometime after next week's NXT recap. And then from there on, guys, you know, we may we may either have one of us watch one live, watch one tape. Either way, we're going to have a little, nice little recap every single week of AEW and NXT, the Wednesday Night Wars. Give our take on the shows. Maybe who won the week, who didn't win the week. Look at the, maybe a little bit of the ratings and uh, just give our honest take about it and just kind of go with the flow and see what happens because uh, we're in a great time as wrestling fans. If you have not noticed yet, we've got not only SmackDown moving to Fox, we've got Raw on USA Network. We've now got NXT on USA Network. We've got AEW 
on TNT. We've got New Japan Pro Wrestling, who does come on Access TV. And later this year, we've got Impact Wrestling. Yeah, there's that Bing noise. Bing, you're right. Bing, ding, ding. <laughs> Impact Wrestling yeah. will be going to Access TV, joining NJPW. And then we've also got MLW on BN Sports, if any of you do have that. So a lot of wrestling on a lot of different networks. A lot of products for people to watch. A lot of alternatives out there. So it's not like we're not in a time frame where you only have to watch WWE. We're in a time frame now of where you can watch whatever you want to watch as long as you have the channels, as long as you have the intuitive of watching it. We're in for a very good ride here, my friends, and it's going to be very exciting. It's very exciting for sure. So exciting. So exciting. You, you mentioned Impact Wrestling. I want to tell you, my podcast, Taking the Bump Podcast, the next podcast I release, I'm going to talk about Impact Wrestling because I recently purchased Impact Plus and um, – Sorry for that interruption. My uh, stupid brother has decided to play a video while I'm recording this. Um, but Impact Wrestling is, as I believe, and I'll give you a little preview, they can play Dark Horse and the whole um, uh, battle for network supremacy because of the direction they're taking, the storylines they have in place now, the people who are running Impact now, they actually have some, they have more money now than they've ever had in their entire existence, and uh, they don't have a guy by the name of Vince Russo running in the company. Um, so uh, they get this TV deal, which it is, it has been announced, it will debut one day during the week after Bound for Glory, which is October 20th, live from the, I'm going to fuck up the name of the stadium, I believe it's the um, Omni Odom something, something in Chicago, Illinois, um, where you get to see Brian Cage back in the ring for the first time, defending his impact title against Sandy Callahan. Going to be a great match. I'm going to talk about it on my podcast and how Impact Wrestling is going to make an impact in 2020. I like it. Give us something a little bit different besides this whole hoopla of NXT and AEW and WWE. Something that's completely off the board by talking about Impact Wrestling. So you guys need to check that out. I'm looking forward to hearing that podcast. I'm sure you guys are too. I think it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a dandy because it's something that you haven't heard much on this uh, on this network. Uh, between all three of us is a different wrestling company besides WWE and AEW. So, and this stupid uh, Mark's fandom love of his Lord and Savior Vince Russo. <laughs> and I uh, promise you guys, you know, by November 1st, if we don't have an answer by then, we'll press hard on that. Um, it's going to happen sometime either before the end of the year or early next year. It will happen. You have my word. Um, so, yes, take a listen to James' podcast, Taking the Bump on his thoughts on Impact Wrestling in the next coming days. Of course, you're listening to Beyond the Curtain. So, of course, we've got this episode coming out. Guys, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months. 
boy, oh boy, are we in for a fast lane. No pun intended for that horrible pay-per-view name. Are we on the fast <laughs> lane towards 2020, but on to an awesome time being a wrestling fan. Um, got anything else to plug before we head off for the night? I am good. I am good. All right, all right. So I appreciate you definitely taking the time, my man, for not only watching and helping me uh, do this podcast. Appreciate you for sure. Like I said, we'll kind of be alternating between shows as we do some of the recaps of the next few months. On that, guys, hope you enjoy the rest of your day, night, evening, morning, whatever you're doing. Stay cool, stay fresh, as we always take you beyond the curtain and show you to a clubs of our lives. So then, guys, we'll see you around the corner. Good. This has been a presentation of the Allah Sports Network.